0: Welcome to Screen Tone Club. This is episode 119 of your fortnightly look at manga. My name is Elliot Page and I'm joined as always by my lovely co-host Mr Andy Hanley. Happy New Year Andy!
1: Yeah, it feels weird to say that because we're recording this midway through January and I it, earlier this week I started making appointments for July and that was terrifying because it's like oh my god well, no we can't we can't be doing this already i mean
0: i was looking at flights for october and i was like oh yeah that's basically the year's already over and oh no must stop um very terrifying um, at the moment we've just published um, in fact a few hours before we're recording this uh, we've just published our 2022 look back at the previous year in the podcast and what series stuck out to us um, the reason why this has been a bit delayed with normal episodes is because um, i got the flu and um, had to edit out about nine different coughing fits out of that recording whoops um, so apologies for the slight delay in programming but we are very fit to go and bursting full of manga to talk about um if you want to help um with the bursting that's a yeah, hell of a way to introduce a sales pitch elliot um you can support us on patreon from just like three dollars a month us you can support us um help to further cost all the manga we read and you also get our bonus episodes monthly um voted on by our patrons and yeah you get all of our previous previous back catalogue of like four plus years of bonus episodes at this point and various little other things returning champions episodes etc check out the patreon page um, patreon.com for just screen tone club for all of that uh, we also have a discord um which you can find linked to from the website screentone.club and we'd be thrilled if you came and joined us um we have a nice little chill community um we don't have 500,000 um, channels like some servers i'm a member of which frankly are just scary really <laughs> it's like i just want to talk about the robot um but then there's like 50 channels so woof anyway enough of my stupid technology anxieties um let's uh work let's talk about first our shout out tier members better not forget them in the new year Uh, mr rob jessup the blue Head cyborg and seeker's get thank you ever so much for supporting us at the shout outs tier and you too can join them if you so wish right enough plugging enough setup let's talk about manga um i'm i'm kind of keen to talk about your pick andy if you're willing to take the charge sure Um,
1: yeah let's let's do this he he says like changing the page in his notebook quickly um yeah so my pick for um this Episode is uh, My Wonderful World, volume one. Uh, it is uh, written and created by Mizuho Aimoto, uh, published by Kodansha. Um It's complete uh, at five volumes in Japan, uh, four of which are out in English, so pretty much done here as well. Um, and so, the main character of My Wonderful World is uh, a young man named Shinobu, and he is a guy that is bouncing from job to job, like he can't hold a job down. Um, he's constantly getting fired, and it's very quickly revealed to us why. Uh, basically, he struggles to read and write, which, as you can imagine, is kind of a pretty big roadblock to doing anything in modern society. Um And kind of the the opening really to this uh, this series is actually really good at sort of showing this beyond the obvious, because of course you think like, yeah, applying for a job, you've got to go to a website and fill in a form, you've got to have a CV written. That's that's going to be tough if you can't, you know, read or write to a decent degree. Um But um, as as you kind of watch him, he gets a job like in a hotel, just kind of, you know, on cleaning duty. And you kind of think, well, you know, that's the big hurdle, right? You know, from there, you're just cleaning stuff. And it's very quick to show that, well, that's kind of not how that works, because there's a lot of reading still required of... Shift schedules and room cleaning schedules, and you know what assignments. Um, and so we kind of follow Shinobu through, just kind of really struggling with that. Like he tries to use his phone to take photos of things, so that he kind of has you know a, a visual recollection of what things are rather than just kind of reading and memorizing stuff which of course like staff take take it to that he's just like playing with his phone all the time and just you know the typical like oh kids today you know <laughs> pull your finger out um, and say so before he knows it he's kind of like out on his ear again um, and in the midst of all of this comes, um, when he's applying for this job, he kind of visits a cafe with a slightly kind of weird and slightly brusque kind of cafe owner. Um, but who kind of basically quickly realizes from his interactions with Shinobu that Shinobu may be dyslexic and kind of suggests that that's something you should look into and maybe be actually diagnosed with um which is basically kind of the setup for this entire premise um as kind of Shinobu finally perhaps has an answer to i i guess what he's always assumed of just like maybe i'm just stupid like you know maybe i am just not a smart person and that's why i can't do this stuff and so it's kind of a revelation for him and for his mother that he lives with that like maybe there's something a bit deeper to this. Um, and so this, this volume is really kind of an, an exploration of dyslexia. Um, and also veers off into slightly kind of strange territory because by the end of this volume, Shinobu is basically kind of joining sort of a troop of actors and potentially writing a play for them, uh, which is not a pivot that I saw coming at the start of this volume. It has to be said. <laughs> and, um, it, it's, it's, It's an interesting volume, like, you know, the subject matter is really interesting, like some of the other kind of similar titles about these sort of subject matter that we've dealt with on this podcast is clearly very well researched, like there are some very key kind of credits in this volume about, you know, the people who have helped with the making of this, and you can tell, like, you know, it comes from a very studied place um even in terms of kind of the depiction of how shinobu sees kind of text Mm -hmm. um like it definitely meshes with what i've heard from like people i've known who've had dyslexia in terms of like you know it's not a case of like you're just seeing the words and you can't read them it's like they maybe swim in front of your eyes or they kind of like move or you know they're kind of distorted in some kind of way and so this this manga does a really good job of like putting that across and kind of showing you the world through Shinobu's eyes in a way that I think is actually really quite kind of important and quite pertinent. Um I guess the downside is that sometimes that makes this feel a bit like sort of a public information leaflet. Like sometimes it goes really hard on talking to you about dyslexia and everything around it in a way that feels like a sort of a pamphlet that somebody's made to be like hey everything that you need to know and that that kind of leaves me a bit torn because i kind of appreciate it informationally but like narratively it feels kind of super clunky and stiff um and i will say like the direction of travel i don't know i'm i'm not completely against the whole like oh okay now you're part of this acting troupe thing But it also wasn't quite what I was expecting from this series. Like, I thought we'd sort of have a slightly more sort of normal progression, I guess, (laughs) than that being kind of the pivot here. And it's like, hey, there's there's stuff to do there that might work. Like, the whole idea of, like, you know, taking this stuff on and kind of, you know... Finding a place in the world is like, you know, is is perfectly valid. It just wasn't quite what I was expecting. So I'm a little bit like, oh, I don't know if this is where I wanted this series to go. Um, But there's definitely some really good stuff to it. And like overall, I thought it was pretty good. Um, It just kind of like, you know, maybe didn't hit all of the notes that I might have liked it to
0: yeah yeah um i think your mention of it being a bit information pamphlety is spot on um because i kind of came away from this rather frustrated i am not dyslexic myself i i know i have friends who are dyslexic and we've talked before about their difficulties and like some things are more universal like you know there's a really good like it doesn't draw attention to it and yet i feel is very important overall is when he's on his phone trying to read something about his job um like the contrast on the page is too low and he can't read the text even before the dyslexia comes into it like it's it, it's rather wild because it hits like a whole heap of different web accessibility problems in one panel like you know the font weight is too thin and so the letters are too thin and he can't read them out the background the difference between the background color and the foreground color is too indistinct and he just can't read it and it's like even you know it does a good job of showing that in that, even on the printed page as someone who is not dyslexic you're like yeah that's difficult to read even as someone who is quote-unquote able-bodied um you can't see me doing air quotes but i hope that comes across in the intonation there um but equally i feel like I felt, I felt a bit weird by the end because I ended up being quite frustrated with the series because it did veer towards the information pamphlety a- angle and didn't really tackle or really engage with some of the more social, um, and like sort of just world construction elements where like when it came to like telling you about Shinobu's problems, it all made sense. But when other people, including, you know, the cafe owner who is himself dyslexic, like, is interfacing with him. It's extremely coarse and almost inhumane in some cases. Like, there is, there is a chapter that is basically set up to stress, um, Shinobu out and it's like used as like a test of like oh you passed congratulations it's like that fucking sucks like i hated that that reveal of like yeah i set this up to make you really want to just fucking hide in a hole after you've just discovered this about yourself and you're still justifying and the fact that like you know dyslexia i mean i come from a time personally you know where when i was a kid Teachers were constantly on the out, on the lookout for dyslexia. I don't know if it was like the hot thing at the time. Um, but pe- con- teachers were constantly hawkeyeing kids to make sure if they had dyslexia, they could like pick them up early and accommodate them. Although uh, the accommodations were admittedly kind of like perfunctory and rough. It mostly just meant that you got shoved in a different English class. Um, and. You know, so you know it kind of is interesting that like Shinobu himself, like what grew up without it being diagnosed and was just assumed as being quote slow, and which he has internalised. And also, as a, as a quick correction, I'm very sorry, Andy. It's his grandma he lives with. Oh um, yes, his mum is not around anymore, and you get like a shrine scene. And of course, to draw to to like stab the point home, his nan runs a calligraphy class in in her house, and it's like oh cool, what a way to feel inadequate when your nan does calligraphy and you can't fuck. Can read, and you know he, you know it's it does a lot of smart things, kind of tossed off idly Like I say, it does the accessibility thing with the, the web page, and it also shows that you know he takes pictures of stuff, and he he has workarounds to like save links and forward things to himself so he won't forget it, and it will like stick better in his brain. But a lot of the series feels cold and inhumane, as I said, because. Maybe it's just my personal politics and my personal sort of frustrations, but you know, it's rather strange that he gets like, he finally finds this out this thing that has literally bedeviled his entire life and has blotted his ability to have a career or self-actualization or a job. Like he doesn't want to become a space, you know, a, a you know, like a pilot or whatever. He just wants to be a, he just doesn't want to be a burden on his nan. And you know, even after finding out about himself, he, can't really access any state help like he gets told to fill in forms for his nan at the hospital and he's like fuck me i can't do this um because he can't barely read them but then like even someone who you think would be slightly more sympathetic is really hard on him in fact it seems that he's more hard on him because he's dyslexic and like gives him the weird poisoned chalice cafe job and then as i say somehow accidentally shanghais him although shinobu kind of talks himself into it doing doing the stuff with the um the acting troupe and then there's several layers of stuff with the acting troupe where like oh we're going to treat you like a foreign exchange student because haha that's a one way to get around the fact that you can't read and that becomes a weird running quote-unquote joke that doesn't i don't know there's a lot of stuff in this as i say outside of outside of the appreciation of dyslexia as A disorder that affects someone and the the ramifications that happens to shinobu a lot of the stuff that the more human end of it as i say just feels really weird and bad in some ways and maybe that's me being a bleeding heart as i say but man it made it made me really sad reading this by the end of the volume i don't really want to read more of it because it just feels like shinobu is like a weird punching bag and i'm sure i'm also sure that's not really the intent but that's the way it came across to me of like wow this is you are really making this guy's life hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I I do feel like the clunkiness of the writing is responsible for a lot of that. Because, I mean, Harika's character, kind of as the, the cafe owner, is kind of weird, but sort of interesting. Because, like, especially from the get-go, yeah, like, he's very... He's very brusque with Shinobu and you can never, I, I think my feeling is I can never quite figure out like how much of that is like, oh no, you've written this character to be this way versus like you're maybe not quite sure how to pitch this character narratively to be you know, the help that Shinobu needs because, like, I I sort of... I I feel like there's a sense where it's getting to, like, well, somebody needs to kind of give him a push in a direction to be like, this is not the way you always have to live your life. Yeah. And, like, maybe to do that with somebody, you know, at, at that point in time, that's kind of what you need. But then, yeah, there's also a point where it just feels like it's being, you know, being a dick about it, basically. And, again, that whole trial thing is... is exactly kind of the case in point of that because, again... As a sort of a general point, like you know, what the the manga is trying to talk about is about you know developing and finding like coping mechanisms of like understanding, like look, I can't just magically read and write stuff so what are the things that i can do to offset that like what what skill sets do i have that allows me to kind of you know work around this or mask some of it um and so on and so forth and again like you know as is, is the, the manga points out like shinobu has already developed some of those like he wears glasses with you no know, actual lenses in because it gives them an excuse to say like, oh yeah, my eyesight's bad. You know, I, I didn't, I misread that clearly or whatever. Um, and you know, it's a sort of an extension of that of like, well, how do you use that in a working environment? But yeah, like the handling and the pitching of it kind of, yeah, makes it feel far more like Shinobu is a punching bag than like, this is a good example of developing those skills and i feel like that's that really ultimately is the issue is that it's is hitting all of the right notes but not necessarily in the right key almost um and that is definitely kind of a frustration
0: yeah i think uh i definitely think that's one part of it for sure i think it kind of it kind of snapped together in my head um from checking my notes again where like i I mean i don't know maybe again maybe this is my personal outlook on things and you know but it's there's something very strange about the fact that like in the series you get introduced to the cafe and you know Haruka the hot man cafe barista man you know clearly has some means and ability to own a cafe um, but Um and has made changes to it like he has a pictorial menu which really helps him and he has all these other his own caping mechanisms but then all of the discussion that is pointed at Shinobu is about oh you need to fit into this world you need to you know As you say, mask and hide that. And you need to accommodate. You need to become accommodating to the world. And I'm like, well. Strictly no, like if anything that w- he should change his world and surroundings to better f- fit his disability like that's the more humane and sensible way that also doesn't burn someone the fuck out, and which you have done by making your cafe more friendly to yourself, and you know he has all these different different little things like he has little stickers and such for different cafe blends and such, and it's like okay, yeah, he's got these coping mechanisms too, but then whenever you talk to Shinobu shinobu has all these coping mechanisms but then you tell him he just needs to put up and shut up in this rough and tumble world and it's like well no like you're kind of missing the point here like you know yeah sure there are coping mechanisms that shinobu needs but also like you know the world should at least change slightly to accommodate the fact that he can't fucking read and it's not his fault um i don't know again maybe it's my personal politicking sort of thing but it did, and also, like, honestly, I think part of me is also just annoyed that I wanted more of the cafe times. Like, I was expecting to have Cap Shinobu, you know. If not become an equal partner in the cafe, like at least feed into helping the cafe and become more welco- more of a welcoming place, both for himself and for customers. Like again, the pictorial menu again, and you know, I was like, oh, I was this will be nice. This will be a good way to kind of help start a journey for this character, rather than like, hey, now you've got to write a play, and we're going to spend a chapter talking about how your play is shit. And I'm like, well yeah of course first drafts are there to be shit but even so this is weird like why is he suddenly getting yelled at for this
1: um yeah yeah and and that that's i think that's definitely where i came down of like i i felt like there was plenty of material in the just working in a cafe angle of like you know what are the challenges that you face like you know what are all the other things around just you know we we kind of get to see like the serving customers angle a little bit like there's plenty more you can do with that alone but like what are all the other things like somebody's got to Order an inventory stock. Somebody's got to go to the bank and, you know, transfer some money or like pay in the the day's takings like you know what are all the other things that are difficult where you have to interface with the wider world like you know I don't know you've got to fill in your tax returns whatever it is like there's a lot of stuff around that everyday things where it, it felt like it you know the, the whole acting troupe thing is like maybe a volume three or four thing not like <laughs> kind of halfway through volume one thing of just like oh yeah like okay we're done with that we're on to the next thing and I'm like i'm I'm not done with this like i feel like there's a lot that i want to explore around these characters and again that's sort of what i was hoping for from the whole like shinobu and harika relationship because i think it's fine from that to start in a frosty and almost kind of passive aggressive if not outright aggressive place in terms of like hey look this is what i need from you like this is what i think you need to like you know unleash your potential whatever it is but then it doesn 't give it time to like to soften that relationship because that 's what I thought like by the end of this volume we 'd have a good chunk of cafe time, and the two of them would get to know each other we 'd kind of get to see why like character is kind of so like aggressive about this stuff because i mean again we've not really had all that much of his backstory there's a bit of a like oh yeah no this was where i came from i came from a similar place then you know i realized what was going on i was diagnosed etc but it feels like there's kind of a story there as to like you know beyond just how did you you know manage to set up this cafe of just like you know He clearly, he sort of, it feels like he has skin in this game and, you know, he sees something in Shinobu that was just like, oh, you know, this was me and this is what I needed somebody to do. But it never really delves into that in a way that makes him anything more than kind of a bit of a curmudgeon slash asshole.
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird having like, as you say, E.K. Men, um, curmudgeon. It's like, damn, this guy stepped off of a BL manga and he's a prick. Um, but yeah, it almost, yeah, towards the end, I was like, man, what's your damage? Like, is it the simple fact that you see a lot of stuff in Shinobu that drives you nuts that you remember? Like, maybe that would probably be quite a nice way, angle to explore. And, And, you know, as I said earlier, there's one other thing, like, you know when shinobu has to fill in forms for his grandma's care when she's in the hospital it's like yeah that sort of stuff is mundane but extremely important like filling in forms even as someone who is able bodied can be real fucking hard because you're like well i don't know what this question wants from me like i can't mind read or ask someone because the helpline's closed or they've got terrible hours or there just isn't one like to be to be annoy a bit a bit too personal i suppose for a second is that when I had to, I had to help my own parents, like, fill in forms for my grandparents' care. And that shit was Byzantine and also, like, cheaply photocopied. And so the text was hard to read to begin with. And I have 20, 20 vision. And yeah, like, that sort of, that sort of mundanity was what I was hoping for more rather than, you know, admittedly the play angle does seem interesting, but. Yeah there's a lot of ways in which this ta- this series tackles it or appraises its own characters that left me very frustrated and honestly more than a little sad because it's like oh I I really want to like this and the main character is nice like he's a nice lad he doesn't you know he's a bit up he's a bit sort of like he's a bit um Tantrumy, I suppose at times but you know he's been frustrated his entire life so you can kind of understand it but yeah it left me a bit sort of just sad at the end of reading this and especially when i got to the end and i saw the fact that the author had clearly done a lot of research and i'm like well it feels that both you have done a lot of research but maybe you weren't listening i don't know there's something about this that feels off and just rubs me up the wrong way there we go there's the phrase i was looking for all this time
1: yeah yeah i mean i, I don't know I, I i feel like i i I sort of appreciate the angle that it's coming from, and there, there is like you know, having talked about you know, and I think likewise, you know, when I was at school, like you know, awareness of dyslexia was certainly a thing. Like I'm actually genuinely curious. I, I had the thought while reading it of like, oh, is this is this where Japan is still at in terms of this stuff? Because you know, I know in terms of a number of sort of in in mental health as well, like it's not exactly you know the the, the greatest place to to be. And whether this is actually sort of the reality or whether it's kind of you know slightly at a remove to you know to to, to make the point about you know the, the 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 disability as a whole um but yeah I don't know like I, I I feel like it's it's heart is absolutely in the right place to my mind of just like you know I I think it's it's just it's that sort of um it's that sort of reality of like yeah the world should change but there's p- people are not going to change that quickly so you're going to have to kind of compromise on some of this stuff in the meantime um but yeah i think it just doesn't have i honestly just don't think it has the writing chops to really put across its characters and its scenarios in a way that maybe entirely does it justice because yeah you can you can see the research you can see a lot of the intent of what it wants to do i just don't think it quite manages to nail a lot of that stuff
0: yeah, yeah. I think also what's annoying about that is that sometimes you get flashes of it. Like when um he's telling his grandma, Shinobu is telling his grandma that he's found out that, you know, and he says, oh, I'm disabled. And his grandma, bless her soul, immediately turns around and goes, don't say that about yourself. And it's like, no, that's not a value judgment. That's accurate. Like that's a different yeah. So that was actually like a real nice that's what kind of is annoying about this at times. It's like, "Oh, damn, that is like a real that's a that's an interaction I can totally imagine happening. That's really yeah. tracks."
1: And, and and that actually as a whole little arc kind of works quite nicely because yeah, like her default is to rail against that and be like, "No, you're like you're as good as anybody else." And then comes to us like, "No, actually this is important to you and it's actually like an important step forward all around Um and that this isn't something that I should push push back on and push away from as just like no that's not how I want to think of you and like you know it's all done that that is probably yeah like the best part that this this volume covers kind of in terms of pure character writing because that feels very that that's the moment that probably felt the most kind of personal kind of lived part of this of just like yeah i this absolutely scans in terms of you know the age and the relationship between these characters everything about this adds up
0: yeah plus the grandma seems pretty sweet so yeah um, sweet yeah. in a um sweet hella dude and also sweet as in ah oh, what a sweetie sort of character <laughs> um clearly calligraphy doing nannies are great much like bl metamorphosis i guess yeah i
1: was gonna say yeah that's the that's the the key there clearly it's the it's the calligraphy yeah we're two
0: for two well i suppose if you spend all your time teaching kids to draw characters nicely and not like paint your tatami mats with an ink brush you've got to get some patience in you
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if I'll read more of this. Like, I, there's definitely enough curiosity in me that I'm not, I'm not willing to dismiss it entirely. But. It, it, this is probably one of those like there's a lot of manga in the world right now that i want to read i don't know if i'll get around to this but maybe if there's an idle moment where it's like it's just living in my head rent free long enough to be like yeah i wonder what happens with that next then you know i i'm not i'm not totally against the idea of picking it up and read a little more but it's not top of my priority list
0: yeah i must admit the shorter length of the five volume length does make me curious uh, but as you say, there's enough stuff out there that I'm kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm okay for the moment. I mean, it's credentials so and maybe it'll go on sale at some point. Who knows? Mm. Um, or, or we'll suddenly get it in a humble bundle. Like, oh shit, here we go. I've already got it. But yeah, that's, um, my wonderful world. Anything else to mention on that, Andy?
1: No, no, I think that's it.
0: No, I must admit, one thing about actually, the actually last thing I wanted to mention is just the artwork was, fine um kind of uninspired i suppose but yeah it it does it the one thing that i did kind of start to get a bit of a laugh at is that every time it's trying to show Shinobu's point of view reading something it uses the like old 1990s um, swirl effect from photoshop and it's like okay this gets it across um but it's still pretty funny that it's like aha apply filter <laughs> so
1: yeah yeah i mean that's the thing it's it's kind of simple but effective there yeah like no, i think that's actually kind of true of the artwork across the board like it's definitely one of those like yeah, i know which i know who every character is like there's no confusion to be had here everything is put across so that i can follow everything but yeah it's not gonna kind of you know blow you away at all
0: yeah yeah for sure cool um so yeah that's my wonderful world um also actually last thing is that the combination of the synopsis and the cover are made me feel slightly anxious for some reason it's like man this guy's getting attacked by fuzzy characters um like you know um different letters and such and it's like oh that would be kind of spooky so actually i I quite enjoyed the cover the understated cover right and that is that is honestly my last thing (laughs)
1: yeah yeah I, I i actually yeah like i actually had a, a discussion with uh with, with somebody i know who is is a graphic designer about how much i really like the cover of this and this general effect of kind of things kind of like you know raining down around a character whether it's you know uh, like yeah whether it's words or characters or whatever i'm kind of a sucker for that and it, it looks really good
0: yeah for sure cool um so brief break and we'll speak to you in a second OK, so moving back, this is my pick and one I've been kind of sat on um for a long time, like a broody hen, really, uh, mostly because I wanted to do it at some time. But also, of course, um, as mentioned in previous episodes, sometimes I get a bit sort of like, wah, like, you know, sort of like, oh, this series is big and important. And oh, no, I've managed to like talk myself out of doing it. Um but my pick was volume one of the recent release of Yokohama Kaidashi Kiko, also known as Yokohama Shopping Trip, uh more generally um it's by hitoshi asahino um published by seven seas and this um edition is using the new sort of um shinsoban deluxe edition volumes that are released in japan um also they're two in ones and so one volume is 450 pages which is another reason why it's like oh crap i've got to read all this although it's not exactly like difficult to get through for reasons that become apparent um it's complete in japan it has been for a long time um i think this is like the first proper like english release um volume two has not been announced yet for release date so i hope that's somewhat soon but this will end up being five volumes in the end given that they're two in oneing it um there is an anime there's two sets of oavs that were released in the late 90s and the early 2000s they're not really readily available they're more like tone pieces more than anything you can buy this new edition uh, physically or digitally and I'm going to get this complaint out of the way because I make it every single time I reference this series is I fucking hate the cover design mostly because I hate the naff shitty like font and colouring used for the text and also why did you not translate the name like I get it you want to have it be like legit I suppose but just call it Yokohama shopping trip or something like don't leave it as this and don't use this awful terrible like like gradient rainbow look that you you whipped up in GIMP. And I'm sure it was actually more than that. I'm just being flippant. I'm sure if you're a designer who made this cover, you put a lot of work into it. But fuck me, does it undersell a, a series of this much stature, quite frankly? Anyway, sorry, Andy, yeah like you about to I, jump I mean, in. Yeah, I,
1: I, was, I was gonna say, yeah, like I, I I see what they're going for with the subtlety of the artwork. Like, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it either, but not translating the title at this point in time. Like, I, I felt like we'd reached a point where we were broadly at an agreement that like titles should be translated unless they're somehow utterly untranslatable and there is nothing utterly untranslatable about this one they should have localized it i don't really get why they haven't
0: yeah i mean i know this is going into like worlds of the internet but like yokohama shopping trip has been a series that has been basically lauded and requested for a long ass time um like and it's been around the internet you know it's it's a it's almost like a darling frankly of like you know the manga poster who goes on the message board or fills in the denpa slash vertical license request list like in fact if anything i don't want to put words in his mouth obviously but Ed Chavez of Denver has previously said that I am not licensing this because like from what from talking to him it's just not his jam and he doesn't want to license it and bring it across so it's like okay you know he has he has vociferously complained about this title in the past um, but hey different strokes of different folks. But this has been this series has been around the block. Like, I think licensing it, in fact, if anything, is a brave move because, hey, like, not to like bait the hook or anything, but there's been scans of this for years. Like, this is a well known piece of the firmament, and so getting a release of it is quite nice. Of like, oh shit, they someone released this. Thank Christ. Um, let's find out if the scan later has made some hilarious mistakes. Um, but Yokohama shopping trip to actually get to the series is about a main character alpha who is a robot um but a very humanoid robot so an android really she is the alpha series of an an of a line of robots and she looks after a small cafe called funnily enough cafe alpha which is on a small cape cape, um near Yokohama in the south southern sort of elements of japan south of tokyo People have tried to extrapolate and figure out the exact location of it in reality. Um, But given this is in a world where sea levels are rising and it's kind of in a like a dying earth situation, like there's been a quiet apocalypse. Like this isn't like, you know, Fist of the North Star, Motorbike Gang. um Mohawk wearing crazy people. It's just the fact that like civilization is winding down and winding down is the phrase used in the series in that like this robot runs a cafe. Her owner slash like, you know, companion has gone somewhere and God knows where, but they've buggered off somewhere and they've left Alpha to look after the place and generally sort of like muddle through and like have a nice cup of coffee while the world ends basically, which is one of the taglines of the series. And this this volume kind of covers and introduces you to alpha and the cafe and her like neighbors including this old dude who runs a nearby petrol station and also gives people met watermelons and the doctor and his grandson takahiro and this nearby like urban legend like lake Della called the osprey who only appears in front of children and so there's an immediate sort of like coming of age like passage of time blinking light right there about the fact that time in this world is real kind of fluid and just kind of relaxing because Alpha does not experience ageing because she's a robot and is quite self-sufficient just to kind of carry on. In fact, the only real thing about her is she can't really digest animal proteins. So drinking milk gives her a stomachache. And it's all a very chill sort of thing. Like the the titular Yokohama shopping trip happens in the first chapter where she goes to town to buy some coffee beans. And it's all very, very like if you want to be uncharitable or you do not enjoy this sort of thing it's extremely twee but on the other hand it's extremely healing in this very low stakes no need to save the world like you know you can sit down on this bench and watch the tide come in um sort of environment this very sort of like very very relaxed slow exhaling both of yourself and of the world um It does come with a few weird foibles. Like there's one part, there's a few parts that do come across as very twee or sort of dumb where like to, to perform an FTP transfer between two robots, they have to kiss. Like, why would you put their like network port in the mouth or their tongue? That's weird. Like, I get it. That's kind of cute. You've drawn some cute robot girls, but what? Come on um but no i really so to actually i'm getting way too deep and i should let andy get a word in wise. but yeah reading this was a massive relaxing exhale like i started reading it and i slouched down in my chair and i drank a cup of tea and i ate a biscuit and it was all very 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 chill and very you know it's not quite as like directed and targeted relaxation or healing like something like aria which is another series I want to cover on this podcast at some point. Sorry, Andy. Um, but it's, it, like I say, it's a nice relaxing thing while the wine, while the world winds down. Um, which I, I don't know, like, I feel like at this point it's even more welcome, um, in the current like world state of like oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck like you know where you know rising sea levels going to happen at some point and in fact are already happening and in this world it's like yeah that's happening let's have a festival where we let some lights off and talk about stuff and you know let's ring in the new year and drink some coffee you know so anyway andy what did you think about this have you read it before or what did uh, you think?
1: no this is this is my first time reading it i mean there's only really one important note that i wrote while i was reading this and that was it's a vibe and okay yeah there you of, go that's that's
0: that's twi- the c- 2020s way of appraising this
1: yeah that's kind of all you need to know and yeah it's a vibe that i was really into I was kind of a little bit surprised by it because i mean you mentioned aria like in terms of like quote-unquote healing series like aria puts me to sleep like i find it incredibly dull <laughs> like we future pod- podcast review right here like i find that series incredibly dull Andy, and do you realize really...
0: that mutual friends of ours are going to come and murder you right now oh
1: i have had yeah like i have had fallings out with people about this in the past of just <laughs> like the aria anime is literally the only anime that's ever actually sent me to sleep um it's like you know it's just not my thing and like you know there are other i've tried other similar series where i've been like this is fine but i'm not really into it um but yeah this really just worked for me like i think it just has all of the right elements in just the right amounts in just the right places and and like i i've got to admit like given that this is a a sort of a deluxe volume as well i was kind of worried that like ah. maybe this is too much of this vibe for one, kind of, you know, in one book. Um, but if I didn't apologise kinda... to
0: you before, Andy, I am sorry. <laughs> I did not notice 450 pages.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, like, somehow that kind of worked for me. Like, I, I think it's a series that finds enough variety in what it's doing that it never feels like it's kind of stuck in a rut or getting too onerous. Like, it, it finds enough different things to do that it always feels like you're having a, a fresh experience. Like, it's still relaxing, it still pretty chill but it's something different it's like like you say you know you get to the point where um kokane like the other kind of robot girl turns up like that that she arrives at the perfect time just to refresh things and just to kind of give a different outlook on things um and And she's
0: a sorry she's a she's a really great other character as well because she is also a robot who has a very different fashion style that makes her look like a granny um but also is just like you know, she's ever so slightly neurotic, but also like has a job. Um, and so it's like, Oh, this is a really fascinating different view on things. And you don't, yeah. you don't need her around the whole time. You don't need to worry about digging into her past or whatever. It's just, Oh, Coconut's, Coconut's here. Sweet
1: yeah and I think that's the nice thing it's it's really good at using its kind of extended cast as kind of occasional characters either you know they'll turn up every few chapters or they'll just turn up for a few pages here and there and so you know you don't you're not stuck with you know this kind of like well these are the three characters that you'd better like because they're going to be in every page of every chapter and you know it's as long as you kind of like Alpha as a character and I kind of imagine it's hard not to she's just kind of great in, a, in this sort of very general generalized way yeah um and like everybody else is just a really nice kind of satellites that orbit that and kind of interact with her um and yeah i don't know it just it just really worked for me again it, it's sort of like you say sometimes i it, part of it is just a frame of mind thing of just like yeah i think this ironically we picked this for the podcast at the perfect time where i just kind of like was absolutely looking for some chill out time and like this just landed perfectly um but yeah like it's really good like it's really visually i think it's good at being kind of expressive with its characters it knows when it is kind of delivering like more impactful moments and kind of put, puts those across well um, and so it just you know it, it has the It has the visual cojones to back up what it's doing as well. And it kind of knows, you know, what it's doing and when it's doing it. So yeah, like I don't have like masses to say about it other than like, yeah, this was just, this was just a good time. Like I just enjoyed hanging out in this world basically.
0: Yeah. I think one thing for sure you definitely mentioned is that it knows when to use various elements and it knows when to just it doesn't it doesn't ever stress about it you know like takahiro the kid um is around but he doesn't need to be in every chapter he kind of phases in and out and he has his own shit going on he goes to school god knows where but there's a school somewhere he goes to um but you know it's very very chill and it doesn't worry about like calendars or timelines and it even kind of papers over some of that by you know much like mentioning Evangelion it's like well the seasons aren't really pronounced anymore due to you know waves hands everything that's happened and so it's very it's really chill and able to kind of like just stretch and squeeze the time and events it needs like at one point Alpha you know needs um, is unwell and the Doctor helps her get back to full health and it's like really chill and nice and lovely in that way I feel like as you say alpha is like the ultimate like she's not full-on manic pixie dream girl it's like the ultimate like unconstrained android androgynous lass where it's like yeah like you know we we didn't draw this character to be horned over we drew her to be kind of this Nice, like, shepherd, really, like, the ultimate mm. in attentive baristadom. Um, before, before Starbucks was even a thing, you had to worry about that sort of thing, maybe. But she is, yeah. like, she spends a lot of time, like, very cognizant of the fact that she experiences time differently, and, like, she is given a camera by her estranged owner slash master and like end up she ends up getting these little sort of like caramel sweet cubes which act as like 300 store 300 pictures like film basically um like a really big chunky sd card um written in the 90s and it's like oh but then she spends the entire day obsessing over the fact she's like well i don't want to waste a picture but I got to take pictures like I got to take a picture today and that's a really lovely thing that keeps happening where you know she almost feels a duty to like record what's happening but at the same time it's like well no surely experiencing it is also important and you know it's I feel like you need to show that chapter to anyone who holds their fucking ipad up at a concert um it's a more polite way of saying hey fuck put the ipad down and watch the band um you know
1: But yeah, and I mean that, that was, that was a really beautiful kind of like almost throwback moment of you know as somebody who who you know started taking photos in the era where all cameras still had films in and you're like look i've got 24 shots on this thing i need to use them wisely like it's kind of and then you gotta
0: pay uh, boots to just to fucking process it yeah
1: exactly like that's something i hadn't thought about for quite a long time of just like oh i can only take a limited number of photos right now because you know you just basically hold down the shutter button on your phone these days which you always have with you and you can take whatever Whatever photos or video you want, and it's like, yeah, you know, there are still storage constraints, but it's not the same thing at all. And like, that was a really nice chapter. Also, made me realise that that probably influenced like an entire episode of A Manchu where. They go down a similar road with. Uh, I mean, that that's kind of a slightly different angle, where like um, the main characters like phone breaks, and it's like about the ephemeral nature of the memories that you're storing digitally, and like, does it matter if you lose them as if because you can still remember? Blah blah blah. Um, but did uh, but you like, pay
0: iCloud? Yes, no.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, and I mean that that's the kind of stuff that I really like as a little kind of. I, I don't know. They're just really nice little vignettes that are thoughtful and kind of slightly thought-provoking but like it's not it's not this incredibly intense like let's talk about the you know ephemeral nature of memory or anything like that it's just like ah got a camera gotta take some photos but mm, what photos do i take like it doesn't it doesn't navel gaze about that stuff it you can navel gaze about it as the reader all you like but like Alpha's not really going to she's just kind of like ah yeah i don't know this is weird
0: i mean yeah even the other human characters like you know the um uh, the techie Hero's grand grandfather and um, the squint dude because that's the main thing about him is he's, he's squinting all the time and then you have a flashback where he's a teenager and he's like he's still got, he's still squinting like he's still an old man even when he's 18 and like he hangs out with the doctor who is his senpai and it's like well you know did we go out at some point who knows but you know and even they are very chill about the whole thing it's like yep here we are and we remember this and it's but yeah the whole thing kind of is really really it's like i'm I'm gonna set it a bit short here but it feels like a good back rub in some ways Like, it's not forcing, it's not shoving something in your face and saying, look, even though it does show a lot of nice two-page spreads and different vistas, it doesn't, Mm. like, it isn't, like, trying to smack you over the head with a giant mallet that says, time is ephemeral, nature is pretty. It's just like, hey, here's a bunch of stuff, and if you vibe with it, then you're going to vibe with it. Like, you know, but, but and at the same time, like, I feel like, you know, i i I like aria perhaps i mean i'm I'm not quite as like um sleepy around it but it does at times go a bit hard on the k on like when it starts talking about mortality and it's like i get it aria you you like these storylines maybe chill out a bit um whereas in this it's very like you know i mean even i mean, like girls last tour but that has a very particular end point and it's Mm. it's a lot more sort of forgive me, but doomerish. Um, there is like a certain nihilism to that series, which is undeniable. Whereas this series is much more a case of like, Hey, you know, Hey, the world ended, but there's still people here. Like someone is still making like little wind, ch- wind chimes and there's a market where you can get beans. And there is a really hilarious part. Like the really hilarious part when they're in the market and it's like there's a there's a shop and it's like hey we have vegetables and we have carrots and we have 0.45 acp ammunition i'm like what the f okay fine like what okay just merge those together in a general store i must admit there is there is something about this series as well that this hand back but i wonder if you feel this as well but i feel like this feels like the the passing project of the author in that they've found a they found a way to synthesize all their different weird otaku like desires into a series and they it pops out every now and then it has that little flash of like oh you've managed to write a series that is just all your shit together like the realistic drawings of guns which are not obsessed over or drawled over but are just there it's like oh fucking gunsmith cats is here um for five seconds and the like the loving detail of the characters and the scenery it's like oh you really like this scenery you really like this whole like I mean, the whole thing, as you say, it's a vibe, but also it evokes a phrase that has gone out of f- fashion now because it got so overused. And even me saying it's going to overuse it again, but it has that whole uh, mono no aware type thing, you know, the 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 feeling of life and experience, you know, the the, the prickly feeling of experiencing life and existence. And it is that it is that entire vibe down to a T of like this series isn't demanding anything of you, but you feel it.
1: Um, yeah 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 i i i think i i I agree with all of those points yeah i mean f- first up yeah like i uh, it 's been a long time since I read it but i i, I would suspect that as Japan's database animal probably references this series for that exact reason of just like yeah th- this is this is a title that picks you know lines from the database of kind of things that Ataku and people like and meshes them together you know with uh, as almost like the first priority over any other narrative stuff um and so yeah there's definitely that feeling um but yeah i I think this is this is why I, i kind of you know enjoyed this series is that you can be as shallow and as deep with any of the elements that it presents like even the actual sort of cozy apocalypse that it kind of presents you with like there was sort of a point, you know, early on in this, like, I want to know more about this world and like how it ended up like this. <laughs> how the f- and it,
0: what the fuck happened?
1: Yeah. And it, and it, yeah, you know, it doesn't have the like as you know kind of like you know thing, or it doesn't have like the teacher from Evangelion giving the kids a lesson of like well as you know the second impact caused this blah 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 Yeah, which um, lasts about
0: five minutes until someone says nah that was all made up <laughs> that- yeah
1: yeah exactly but like it doesn't have any of that but it does give you just enough kind of little teasers and vignettes and little throwaway lines that you kind of feel like oh yeah you know I've kind of learned a little bit about this I'm sort of satiated kind of getting a feel for how all of this came about and that's that's kind of what I needed that's fine and I think it's really good at doing that with pretty much everything it tackles like some of the stuff we've been talking about like it it brings up like these potentially sort of big ticket ideas that surface as part of its narrative but it's not there kind of like there's no moral to the story. There's no, you know, He-Man doesn't come and give you a lecture at the end to be like, hey, kids, you know, this is this is the topic of the day. It just leaves it hanging. And if you want to sit and think about it, then you can. If you didn't notice it, that's fine. If you think about it and think, oh, I don't care about that, then that's fine as well. And, you know, it has enough going on in terms of its character and just the aforementioned vibe that you can pick up or drop as much of this as you like.
0: Yeah, I think you've really nailed it there, especially as you say, like you can, there is enough in this series that is like, crunchy, that you know, you can you can look at this, forgive me for the rather sort of strange comparison, but you could totally run like a tabletop RPG campaign set in this world. And you could spin up like characters and storylines and events in it because there's enough crunch, there's enough hard elements to it of what this world state is that you could do that. But at the same time, you can just, as you say, you can lean back in a recliner and like take in the pretty nice, the pretty comic, which is very heartfelt and human but the main character's a robot woo but you know but it also avoids like the wikification of stuff it doesn't need like you mentioned database animals and that's entirely correct where it, it you know it's about the author's shit um more, more not that you know they're the things that they love whereas in this it's like yeah you don't need like the two page long wiki article about what happened here it's like no it like everyone's moved past that can't you like we don't need need to worry about why the world went to hell it's you know things are fine come have a cup of tea i'm lonely (laughs) like um if you're if you're in the area pop by you know
1: yeah and and, and again i I think there's also that just that feeling of like yeah this is basically how this kind of thing would go down like it would not be the constant like you know uh, oh woe is me look at the state of this world like people will just get on with their shit and just get their get their coffee get their watermelon and just you know just chill with it um and so yeah i it's i i had i i came into this a little bit worried that it would be like too chill for me or that i would just bounce off of it and i kind of got the end of it being like man i just really i just liked spending time in this world with these characters and i will happily spend some more time in this world with these characters as we go
0: yeah because i just checked and the next volume is out in may so a bit of a bit of a gap between those um so we'll see um i hope it speeds up but hey you know it's just me wanting desires but yeah i I'm, yeah i'm really glad this has a physical a, a, a both physical and digital release in english officially um and you know it's just really really pleasant to read and it, yeah. it also as i say like it kind of fulfilled my initial anxiety about like man like last time i read this was like not fully legally but also it was in this like realm of it being a, a firmament you know um piece of the world of manga world um and also that was much more a case of like yes we all love this and it's like yeah sure i'm on a message board um but yeah i i really love this and it it also feels like, it was it's also one of those series, at least for me, where you read it and you go, oh, I can see that loads of other series have taken cues from this. Mm. But much like we talked about um Fortman Alchemist in a way, <laughs> that's a comparison you never thought I'd make, but you can't bite it directly because it doesn't work. Like, the reason why this series works so well is it's such a intensely powerful, like, uh, balancing act. The whole thing manages to almost, like somehow magically or divinely hang together that you know it doesn't become boring it doesn't become saccharine it doesn't become dumb you know it's it manages to just about reach this perfect equilibrium point about like ah you got it you got it you made the series and loads of other things have obviously taken cues from it because it's such a gangbuster series but attempts to imitate it are kind of almost doomed to failure uh, because it's such a careful balance of everything
1: yeah yeah and that's the, and it's you know again kind of going back to what i was saying about mm. you know ca- characters kind of you know jump in and out as required and i think a lot of that is really helps and and again it's not it's not afraid to kind of go a bit off piece like all the, all of the stuff with like osprey hey, yeah, is like for sure this is this is this is uh, looking at it objectively this is all real weird but it just it's just kind of there and everyone just accepts it and so you just kind of like buy into it and go with it and be like yeah sure yeah okay I'm, I'm why not and you know it, it manages to get away with a lot i think you know with when it comes to stuff like that just by presenting it and just being like yep this is this is the thing and away we go
0: yeah i mean also you have um you have osprey like it's an entire chapter which is from osprey's point of view and It's almost like, like, it's like that chapter, it's like that part of Chainsaw Man when it it shows power before she meets Denji or even before she meets Meowie, her cat. And it is just like, ah, this random ass, possibly a robot character who just doesn't really talk and just varies about a bit. And it's like, hey, here's Osprey's Day. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. Like, let's have a silent chapter where this, like, rather like you know naked ephemeral cat like you know as i say urban legend or like well countryside legend character just kind of does her thing and it's like okay cool yeah sure fine why not like you know everything else is already happening so let's just have this one as well
1: <laughs> yeah and to be fair it seems like she's got a pretty sweet gig so you know i'm, I'm all for that yeah
0: i mean maybe she could do with a bath but other than that it's like yeah sure do, <laughs> do you do your thing you know yeah you know i mean how like if it was the apocalypse and people were not people whereas not ni- people you know you know people are nice and then I'd, I'd like to have a coffee shop with which you don't really have to worry about rent for
1: so you know yeah yeah, yeah. i mean really living the dream basically yeah no, no it, rent.
0: for sure it's like hey i have opened up the manga cafe at the end of the world with cats <laughs> Come visit me. And it's like, okay, <laughs> shit. Like, I've finally, I can retire.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the, the final thing that I will ask, because I feel like I wasn't really p- placed to weigh any judgment on it either way but one thing i did see some of the kind of like long-standing fans of this series do was complain about the presentation of this new version in terms of like the the print slash scam quality of it and it losing detail it all looked fine to me but is there anything you noticed there that was like oh this maybe could have been better
0: um mm, that's a good question i mean Apart from my comp- complaint about the um, cover uh, design, um, which it looks like they're not giving up for the second volume, um, apart from my complaint about the cover design, it has it has a lot of the extra chapter pages and the vol- initial like individual volume pages. Um, but the vo- the resolution looked fine. But I only read it on my one device. Um, I can imagine there's probably like. I mean, you know, the the Japanese ten volume band vol volumes were like, you know, collector's edition versions, and so they were very, very, very well put together. So there's probably an element of that, but I'm not too sure. Other than that, what the what? I mean, yeah, I I got it as a kid. I I've seen it in physical version. It's just kind of a paperback version, so it's a bit sort of low. It does look a bit low rent, really. Mm. I mean, but the problem is, of course, that like you've got to then balance the fact about like, hey, is this going to sell enough copies if we make it too super shiny?
1: Um, yeah yeah for for sure i mean it's something that i went into being like oh is this gonna look bad because that is like some people you know as, as o- often happens on the internet people were selling it in as like the worst thing that has ever happened in the history of manga and it's like but it's yeah it all looked pretty good to me so i was curious whether you'd had any kind of like adverse reaction to it from your end
0: <laughs> no i did not get hives um <laughs> but no i i can i can partially see where those people are coming from but i think part of that is like forgive me but huffing your own farts mm. where it's you know you're living in such rarefied air and you know you feel that this series deserves the ultimate input in treatments and yeah i can get behind that but at the same time like still gotta sell the volumes so you know <laughs> andy handley announcing an ultimate edition of um yokohama shopping trip live <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, because because that that was the thing. Like, I was and I I, I I wanted to bring this up more as a kind of like if other people had read the same and be like, oh no, it looks like garbage. If there's no point in me reading it, like my impression was very much like, no, it looks good. Um, it's perfectly fine and readable. So you shouldn't let that be the thing that puts you off if you're otherwise curious about it. So yeah, that that was that was my take on that. And yeah, I I will definitely be reading more. Um, and especially it might be one of those things I save up for like when I really need it. Like now I know what its vibe is. But uh yeah, I, I very much had a good time with this. And it's, it's always nice when you read something that's been really hyped up. And like, because again, another one of my background concerns of like, is this one of those things that everyone's hyped and I'm going to be like, i don't get it whereas this was very much like oh yeah i see why this is like beloved in the way that it is for all of the reasons that it is and also it just so happens that i kind of share that so yeah good stuff yeah
0: for sure i feel like this series has also weathered time very well um there is a timeless quality to it um another smart thing it does in making itself unmoored from anything in particular is that it's very chill whereas obviously if you be fist of the north star which you should it does get funny when it's like in the far off year of 1990x the world ended and it's like well i guess i mean you know tony blair did get elected prime minister but i don't think that's quite the same thing as a nuclear apocalypse or is it um but yeah i'm gonna get yelled at for that um but yeah it does make it funny when it's like oh no we're in the far off year of 2000 it's like yeah wow year 2000 shit sucks (laughs) Uh, where's my fucking martial arts um but no i (laughs) i must admit i'm i was with you in that like as i say i read this when i was a impressionable teenager um on a message board of ill repute reading scans and you know you get into message board discussions which are basically just like a circle of people drinking kool-aid and reinforcing their own own opinions um yeah not don't do it don't do that for kids um but yeah it's the sort of thing where you're like hey wait like was it actually that good and i don't know like i mean i must admit like i can understand where some as i say i can understand where some of the frustration or disappointment with the release come from where you know it's this lauded thing and it's like got a omnibus regular release and it's like yeah okay like fine but i'm just happy it's available legally quite frankly and also it's available at a reasonable price for the size of it um digitally which meant that like i could Ticket for this podcast without feeling guilty. Until I looked at the fucking page count, and ah, oh, fuck,
1: <laughs> oh no, what have I done? Uh, no, but it, it it was worth it, and yeah, and I mean, again, like yeah, even from from my position, you know, this is a definitely like a name that has kind of kicked around in sort of you know discussions of stuff you should read for as many years as as I can remember. So again, having that ever dwindling list of things that people tell you you should read that aren't available in English, you know, I'm always for. So this this being now on the kind of like, yeah, you can actually read it and not feel guilty about it, then yeah, so much the better.
0: Yeah, another title taken um ticked off of the like you know, the five by five grid of things I wish were available in English. Um you know, it's much like, you know, Rose of a Psy got a release, even if it is awkward to get a hold of um and physical only. So hey. Now we got yeah. So hey, um yep, yeah, that's um Yokohamo. I'm glad you liked it though, honestly. Mm. That is one thing I was worried about, is like, oh, no. I mean hearing what you say about Arya as well. It's like, uh, I hope this wasn't too much. <laughs> um and also, frankly, like one thing I enjoy about it is the chapters aren't too long. Like it is it never feels masturbatory if you'll forgive my mm. use of the phrase
1: yeah yeah the, the the pacing the pacing is is spot on for it and yeah ne- never outstays its welcome
0: yeah also another thing that the author clearly loves is vespers um <laughs> author author is full of stuff that they love and is gonna shove it all together in this series and we are better for it frankly so yeah that's been yokohama kataishi kiko um, or yokohama shopping trip and so what we're gonna talk about next time um so uh my pick is a light novel because um we actually had these picked out before the christmas break so we knew we had time and i had to immediately consume all of andy's free time so my pick is actually a recent anime i believe um it was volume one of the light novel of my stepmom's daughter is my ex which there you go (laughs) it's not an isekai but the entire title is there and that's the plot line and andy how about you
1: uh yeah, so my pick I, I feel like I've, I've been going for for stuff with color in it recently um and so keeping that up with uh, Rainbow Days volume 1.
0: Yeah, for sure. Cool. So, moving into close down. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um starting off 2023 with a bang or a very slow relaxed chill coffee drinking bang, I suppose. Um if you like the podcast, please tell a friend about it. Um that sort of stuff. As I say, as I keep saying, but word of mouth is still the single most effective way for podcasts to grow. Um, especially tell them if you're a cool, super sexy Patreon member, um, because you are cool and super sexy, as you well know. Um, ratings and reviews on podcast platforms are also greatly appreciated. Um, if you feel like leaving one and, um, you know, please feel free. You can email us at show at screentone.club if you so desire. Um, you can find our Twitter at screentone club. Um, again, with the, um, joke of how long as that lives. Uh, my name's Elliot Page. You can find me on Twitter at Elliot Page or at my, um, still being finished website, empty.computer. And Andy, how about you?
1: Uh, yeah, you can find me gloating about the football currently. Um, at Hannah's 1979 on Twitter.
0: Andy, you really shouldn't gloat about football because I know what team you support and typically whenever, good things happen to that team it's followed by at least three bad things
1: yeah well which which is why i have to like enjoy the good things while they're happening because you know i know what's around the corner make hay
0: while the gunners fire
1: i guess exactly there
0: we go anyway i'm I'm just waiting for the f1 season to start up because hoo boy it's going to be real stupid again i love it right so thank you very much from both of us and good night
1: bye everyone bye